What is up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Makhachevsky, and I'm excited for today's episode because it's another compilation of, I believe, four episodes where I talk about kind of bigger picture stuff that matters so much to the success for any fitness and health goal there is. And I think one of the first episodes, um, which is probably at least four years old, and I apologize for my awkwardness because I've been doing this a long time and now I can just like turn on the camera and like do my thing and not worry about anything. Whereas this first episode, I'm pretty sure I stumbled and mumbled on my words and was super awkward, so I apologize in advance. But um, the first episode, I talk about redefining success. And I've spoken about this before on my podcast. And, you know, this whole concept of, you know, what people think success is with fitness and health is to basically look like, you know, a model on a magazine cover which is kind of ridiculous because that's equivalent to you going, well, I'm going to start playing, you know, pick up basketball on the weekends and having an expectation that if you continue practicing, like every Saturday, you're going to be able to play in the NBA. Like that's not how that works, you know, but for the fitness and health industry, for some reason, everyone who starts exercising believes that's the end result. So that first episode, I kind of go through the whole concept of redefining success. And then the other episodes, I cover self-awareness, which is huge, huge people when it comes to um, seeing success. Because a lot of us are not self-aware of what we do, not only in our like habits to improve our health, but just overall in life. So it's a huge skill that we need to develop. And I also get into um, how we need to leave a health legacy. And it was probably two years ago where I really started thinking about this whole concept of a legacy. And, you know, in my 20s, I wasn't really thinking about shit like that because it's like you're, you're more reactive. But even though, you know, Um, anyone really probably most of us don't think about leaving a legacy behind and I come up with this whole concept of like leaving a health legacy like how do you want to be remembered um, when it comes to your fitness and health do you want to be remembered as that person that was so obsessed with dieting that person that brings Tupperware containers to restaurants, that person that always says no to social events because you don't want to cheat on your diet, or that person that's just obsessed with every little thing when it comes to fitness and health, but still doesn't see the result. I think these are some big, 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 you know, big picture things that most people don't think about. And they end up frustrated not seeing their you know, true potential and true outcome of what their bodies can do. So I'm really excited to bring all this together and 
I think this entire episode will be close to an hour because these are all my little short ones that I do. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and learn a thing or two when it comes to fitness and health, bigger picture stuff to finally see success that you've been wanting. Here we go. Without further ado, here's the first episode. I posted this video about um, redefining what successful weight loss or success in fitness and health really is because I feel and I find that you know working over the years with so many different people that you know I get a new client and they're like boom I want to I want to lose 60 pounds I'm like awesome but you know maybe losing 60 pounds isn't what you actually want or what you need to get to because you know when people make the decision that they're going to be healthy from now on they automatically assume that they have to lose weight that they have to have this huge transformation to make it a success you know for me i lost 60 pounds it was a huge transformation and i believe that it was on purpose. That was my journey. I was supposed to be on that journey because now look where I'm at, where I'm helping so many people, not only locally, but also internationally and in different places in the world. And that was my journey, my transformation. That was my success for weight loss. Maybe you or someone that you know that's really struggling with weight loss and is not seeing the weight come off Maybe because, you know, they're trying to do all the right things, but it hasn't clicked. And maybe their success should be redefined to something else. So here's an example. When I've been training a lot of general population people who have their own businesses, they have multiple kids, they have this and that, they have so many different responsibilities, maybe their success in health and fitness is to be able to go to the gym once a week with ever, without ever missing one appointment. And with that one day a week, their joints feel better, you know, their back doesn't hurt anymore, they have energy to run around and chase their kids. Maybe that's what your success should be. You know, maybe you have to make, make that mindset shift and not think, you know, I'm only gonna be happy if I lose 15 pounds. You know, what if you're not you know, emotionally and like physically and also like in the time of your life ready to actually do that because that does take a lot of sacrifice. Maybe redefine what your goal is. You know, we always talk about like goal setting and like you need to um, pick a goal and everyone's like, yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to I want to do this. But no one ever talks about, you know, yes, my goal is to lose 15 pounds. But right now in my life, I don't think I can make the sacrifices to, you know, track what I'm eating, to see how many calories I'm at, to prep all my meals, to make sure I do this and make sure I do that. Maybe it's not your time yet, but maybe your success for health is to do that example I gave earlier of one day a week or going outside for a walk five days a week for 10 minutes. And if you use that 
to kind of get the momentum going and you keep consistent at that, you know, walk or going to the gym one day a week, then when you're actually ready and you're like, you know what, I've been doing good, I've been consistent, I have a little bit more time on my schedule, I'm gonna focus on my nutrition, I'm gonna focus on this thing, I'm gonna focus on that thing, and then I will get to my ultimate goal of 15 pounds. Not everyone has to have a huge transformation to be successful. I think people in the general population nowadays are successful if they can maintain a happy and healthy body. If they can move better, feel better, wake up in the morning without feeling like they were beat up by a two by four and it takes them like 20 minutes to get out of bed, then you've won. Like, that's amazing. Think about our world today, how it's structured. Our bodies are not built for the world that we live in right now. You can literally stay at home, work from home, sitting down, have your groceries, you know, deliver to you, get a book from Amazon within 24 hours. And hell, if you live in certain parts of the world, you can get stuff from Amazon through a drone dropped to your door. You never have to leave. And now you're supposed to get up and start moving and sweating. And you're like, oh my God, this doesn't feel good. And ugh, you know what I mean? So I think for all the people listening who are just fitness enthusiasts, I want you to really think and reevaluate what your actual goal is. It doesn't have to be a huge transformation. And all the coaches listening with your clients, you know, like I've seen this a bunch of times where or coaches push their own goals and their agenda onto their client without actually communicating with them and figuring out if that's what they really want. Look at the clues and things that they mention and see if they actually really, really want to do that huge transformation. Maybe just getting them consistent with, you know, drinking a glass of water every day. That could be huge. It could be that small. Focus on the small wins and shift the mindset of, I need to have a drastic change to make this worthwhile or even worth doing. That's just my take. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up uh, someone requested me to talk about sugar and I was like thinking about, you know, what should I, you know, bring up when it comes to this because there's so much research out there where um, sugar is bad for you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm no expert when it comes to that kind of stuff, but when it comes to calories, food, I love numbers. And I actually wanna share with you um, an example I actually sent to my client where when we started talking about um, nutrition, I asked her, you know, like what's her routine when it comes to coffee? I always ask about this because you can find a lot of missing links when it comes to nutrition when you focus on one little thing. So, um, she mentioned to me that she goes to Starbucks twice a day to get a venti, I'm actually pulling up an email, uh, a venti caramel macchiato. And I'm like, okay, I have no clue what that is because if you know me, I drink my coffee black 
nothing in it and I've never like ordered any of these kind of drinks so I'm like okay awesome uh, I told her you know maybe if you like find a less calorie dense drink but it still has some sweetness to it maybe it'll be a better you know fit but I'm like I, I told her that I'm gonna go look up the nutritional value for it and send you an email with all the info and what I think and I've done this with other clients too and it's a very huge eye-opener so when I went on Starbucks's website that drink um, contains 310 calories and 42 grams of sugar not that bad when you have one so then I go on in my email and I'm like I'm literally reading it right now um, I said like you know if you take two of those per day you're consuming 620 calories and 84 grams of sugar a day now if you span that to your work week Monday to Friday that comes up to 3,100 calories and 422 grams of sugar fuck right now we're talking some serious shit so the issue here if you know all the coaches know this but the people who are listening are just fitness enthusiasts technically one pound of uh, weight is you know 3,500 calories and now per week we're hitting 3,100 calories so then when I told her imagine this you go through your entire month and you're sitting at 12,400 calories and 1,680 grams of sugar holy fuck right so this is the issue just from just from um, your one your two coffees a day it doesn't even matter what you're doing for exercise or if you're eating healthy this is what's fucking you up and I tell people like this is something you can work on because you can easily change it with small progressive changes so my suggestion to her was like instead of getting a venti which is fucking huge go to a grande like you don't have to be like oh cold turkey I'm gonna eliminate it completely just cut it down so then when I showed her the um, calories of the venti you know it's still a lot but over a month she would um, cut out 2,400 calories and um, 1,020 grams of sugar like that's huge like think about that over a year span like you would actually lose some weight just because of that one little change going from a venti to a grande that's not a huge like out there request if you had a client struggling with weight loss so I always look for small things that people can do in their nutrition that doesn't seem that much you know time and effort so I would highly recommend for all the fitness enthusiasts out there look at the calories that can sneak up on you and especially your coffee and you just change one little thing and it will amount to a lot and all the coaches out there I highly recommend you do this little like exercise with your uh, clients and you'd be surprised how much they'll change over a course of a couple months just cutting down from one size to the smaller size um, the other thing I wanted to bring up that's on my list is um, my update with what's going on with me because you know if you've been listening to my show for a while um, I've always had a tough time binge eating 
Like I've always come from a place where eat super clean during the week and just hammer it out and get super, super <laughs> stuffed with a lot of crap of food over the weekend. And you know, I've been working on this project, what I'll always also bring up after this, but you know, I wanna do a photo shoot for it, for the exercises. And my issue is like, man, I just don't feel good about myself to be photographed or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna see uh, if I can cut down and get a little bit more defined. And um, I started tracking my calories and macros to the point that I calculated every single gram that was going into my body and weight started just coming off really quickly. And I tracked very, very specifically for, I would say two months before I was like, fuck it, can't do this anymore. Cause we all know that if you give restrictions, you can only last for so long. So after the two months, like I started at 168 and I went down in two months to, um, I think it was 155 and I was like, shit, like I haven't been this light since I did my stupid cutting before my wedding two years ago. And, but like looking in the mirror, I was like, oh, I actually look pretty good. And the weird thing is that even when the two months passed and I tracked, the two months where I was tracking, I didn't binge. I still allowed myself to have things that, you know, if I wanted a couple beers, I had some beers. If I wanted to, I don't know, go out for dinner with my wife, I did that. But for some reason, I didn't have this urge to overeat and feel like shit doing it. So I was like, hey, this is strange because from what I've read, from what I know, if you give someone restrictive, um, a restrictive diet, you're going into the danger zone. I'm like, okay. So after the two months, I kind of stopped tracking and I just kind of ate similar to what I did. Because after the two months, I kind of knew, you know, what a certain what, what my size serving size should be for protein fats and carbs and I kind of continued doing that and I started getting leaner and leaner and this last month I started tracking again and as of like yesterday when I weighed myself I'm at 148 so I lost 20 pounds and I'm pretty lean I'm pretty happy with how I look right now and I still haven't had a binge craving or binge episode and I'm really curious to why so yesterday um, I had a busy day and you know I was driving home and I called my wife and I'm like you know what let's let's go get some Indian food and I know Indian food for me is a trigger food where I will overeat like crazy so I'm, and I knew this going in so I'm like okay what can I do so I ordered less than usual and I'm like oh, I don't know if it's gonna be enough I'm gonna like force myself to eat more and yesterday my wife and I are eating and I stopped like I just stopped and I'm wondering if because I restricted myself like counting calories and macros 
and I adjusted my portion sizes that my stomach and hormones or whatever got used to that kind of size of food. And then when I had the opportunity to like binge and I got to the point where I'm getting like that I'm supposed to get full, I got full faster and my stuffed feeling happened a lot sooner than it would usually when I was used to always binging on the weekend. So I'm kind of curious if that's one of the reasons. So I'm going to actually research this further and give you guys an update if I'm right or I'm just speaking out of my ass. But it's kind of interesting that, you know, self-experiment. I always do self-experiments on nutrition on me. And the interesting thing is I haven't had a binge episode um, since I started this little project. Um, the other thing is the project that I'm working on. So I am starting my own fitness um, training system ebook that I've been writing like crazy the last literally just a week and a half and I'm about 7,000 words deep into this thing so here's a little preview of it um, basically my own training philosophy of how I coach my clients from point A to point Z I'm putting all my thoughts and methods and systems into one fitness book and I'm actually really excited because I've had coaches on my show reach out and say hey I was listening to your solo episode about this where did you learn that from and how did you interpret it and then you know we would go back and forth in emails I've actually gone on Skype calls with some of my audience and that's still open to anybody out there like if you want to go on a Skype call with me because you have a couple questions like fuck it let's do it like I'm here to help I want to make the industry better so if you at all want to learn something from me because I've mentioned something in my past episodes, hit me up on an email, Facebook, Instagram, I don't care. I've done it in the past. I will carve out half an hour to a full hour with you. And it's always nice to chat with the audience to kind of get a feeling of what they're going through, what they want to learn, and what they're doing in their own career because I also like learning from other people too because you know maybe you do one little different thing when it comes to this system and I can implement it to what I do then we just get this industry on a whole a lot better um, so I'm really excited about this project I don't know when I'm gonna be able to release it I have a goal for myself for September but who knows like every time I sit down and write it just keep spiraling into like oh I need to add this I need to add that so in a nutshell it's a combination of like a training method from the FMS some DNS principles stuff from Charlie Weingroff things from Stu McGill things from strong first and the RKC things from the FRC like there's all these different systems principles and theories that I interpreted into my own system and I'm gonna share that with everybody. And hopefully that's gonna make one person change the way they train and help more people. If that is what I can do, then I would be happy with the kind of project. Um, and the last thing I wanna bring up is I had this conversation with Chris and Scott Dixon yesterday. And you know, if you saw my post on social, uh, I had the opportunity and privilege to put her through an assessment because I'll be training her online 
And first of all, I was like stunned that she would message me and want to do that with me because she could have chosen anybody in the industry, any coach that I look up to. And I was like very humbled that she would actually pick me to do this. So, you know, after the assessment, we ended up going out for a couple drinks and we started chatting. And I can't remember how this was brought up, but we started talking about how important it is for people to actually show their true colors of who they are. And my biggest struggle uh, growing up was always showing, you know, people who I am truly. And I think people who do it really, really well, someone like Mark Fisher, and if you don't follow him, I highly suggest you do. He is the epitome of, you know, not being afraid of who he is, showing his like inner weird. And I think that's like one of my goals is like I'm slowly showing that because I think you know, growing up in a immigrant household where there was a certain standard and that kind of like eliminated how you were allowed to be. And then you go into a place like high school where you need to be able to fit in, blend in and things like that. Um, you kind of lose sight of who you actually are. And I've been realizing that in the last kind of year and a half to two years where you want to show that inner weird inner silliness because that's what's gonna allow you to attract more people and you're gonna create that tribe so any coach out there that's kind of trying to be too professional I'll call it um, you know release the inner you you know don't be afraid to be yourself and you'll see how many more people you're gonna attract based on your personality and that's what I've been trying to do personally for a while. And I'm slowly opening that gate and door to let you guys further into who I am. But um, that's going to be it for this episode. So hopefully everybody on Instagram Live that's joining me uh, got something out of it. So I'm going to sign off of Instagram and then I'm going to finish off this recording. So... Today's topic that I'm gonna to try to keep under 10 minutes is the topic of gratitude. So for the longest time, I've been hearing people chat about this idea of gratitude, and I just never really understood it until, you know, I don't know if people are like me, but I have this thing where if I say take a shower without any music playing or you know, walk my dog and it's complete silence, my brain starts really, really going. And, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and he always talks about gratitude. And I think as an individual, I've always practiced it without actually knowing. So I come from a back, an immigrant background where a lot of, my childhood teenage years I just never had a lot and anytime I got something that I really wanted I was so happy and appreciative for that thing that experience or what it was you know like in a good example where you know because I trained some pretty successful people that are really well off and when I tell them that I've never been to Disneyland in my life they're like oh my god like how do you live <laughs> right because 
for those people that are privileged, going to Disneyland is like a yearly thing. And growing up, like, my parents never had money to do vacations like that. But, you know, going on a vacation, like camping, for example, it's a cheaper option. I was super, super appreciative for that experience. So when I started my business and started making some money and I was able to, for example, go to Mexico or take my wife to Jamaica for our honeymoon, like those, those experiences I hold so dear in my heart and being able to have that opportunity, I'm like, holy fuck, there's people out there that would never experience this. I am so lucky. So gratitude, how am I going to tie this in to fitness and health? Really simply. A lot of times when people, I, I move my hands a lot when I talk. For those listening and not watching this video, if you watch this video, I use my hands a lot when I'm explaining. And I can only imagine how I talk to patients and clients in person when I do this. Anyway, gratitude. So many people, when they start their fitness and health journey, they don't show appreciation or their gratitude for how far they have come. A lot of times people make the mistake of, you know, thinking, oh, you know, I'm not at my goal weight. So everything I've done doesn't really matter. You know, they have this idea in their head that they have to look this certain way because that's what they imagined. They have this number or inches of a number where they want to be and everything leading up to that moment that they haven't reached yet doesn't mean shit. But imagine that, you know, this past year that you've been really focusing on your health you took the time to, you know, appreciate what you've done. And I tell this to clients all the time. When they're feeling down and feel like they haven't achieved anything because the scale's not going the right way or they just don't feel like they changed and physically you've seen them change, something that I bring up is like, hey, Scott, last year when you started with me, you never exercised in your life. Now, you are exercising three days a week, consistently. That's never happened in your life. That is huge. And if I can make that mindset shift, where they're like, holy shit, yeah, you know what? I've been training three days a week for a year straight. That is huge. Celebrate that. Like, make those little things, those small victories, a big deal. And you'll be able to keep that kind of motivation, that, that momentum going. People don't take the time to look at the little things, you know, and really appreciate it. Things like, hey, Scott, a year ago, you used to sleep four hours a night. Now you're averaging seven and you have more energy. And then he goes, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. You have to constantly remind yourself of your process and be thankful for your success that you've actually did it. Because what happens is when you keep thinking that way and you know that every day you've done at least one thing, for example, to improve your health, that goes a long way. Gratitude. 
is so my birthday post so many people enjoyed that because it was you know things I've learned in life really quickly and if you heard my podcast sorry it's gonna get loud because there's people outside mowing the grass this is real when you look at building yourself as an individual as a human being to improve your personal development that goes hand in hand with anything you want to achieve in life being able to understand gratitude to be self-aware enough to realize how much you've achieved even though you didn't get to your end goal because most people's end goals are you know astronomical of what they expect because usually when people have a weight loss goal they want to look like someone on a cover of a magazine and realistically it's like you need to give up your entire life to look that, that way so now you have this unrealistic expectation and everything you've been doing consistently that's like a huge accomplishment for most people you're like meh it's nothing learning gratitude and being self-aware enough to understand what you've achieved so far is an amazing feat that most people will never get to is going to change a lot of things in your life if you are listening to this and you know you start thinking of like, okay, what have I achieved this past year that I haven't been doing previously to improve my health? That list is probably going to be pretty long. Even if you failed a billion times trying so many different fucking diets out there, you're still going the right direction because that means you are dedicated to improving your health compared to the person who's tried one diet, didn't work, they're like, meh nothing's going to work for me. I'm just going to be fat for the rest of my life. No, the people who go on yo-yo diets are the ones that are so determined to finally find an answer to improve their health. It's just, they haven't figured that out yet and they quit too early. You know, sometimes it's just like one little step further and you hit that wall down and you're running your full blown sprint and you finally figured it out. So many people quit way too early. You know, like, I'm a huge fan of rap music. And, you know, when you follow these rappers that are trying to make a name for themselves, they're like one song away from being the next big hit. You know, so if you are into rap music, that band Migos and Quavo, like those guys, they've been around forever. And it took one song for them to blow up everywhere to the point where they're on every single top 40 radio um, show, which is crazy to think. But if you looked at them five years ago, nobody knew who they were. But they were hustling, working day and night, producing music that no one would listen to until they had one song that was the tipping point. And if you look at their careers, it just like skyrocketed. That example can play into what I'm saying right now. People quit too early. Keep trying. Keep trying. What's the worst that's going to happen? Doesn't work? Try something else. Keep trying. And be grateful that you have the opportunity to keep trying. Because some people can't. You know, sometimes people have, you know, a medical disease that prevents them doing what you're able to do. 
Imagine if you had an injury, a reoccurring injury that prevents you from exercising and all you have is food. And even then sometimes that can be a struggle if you're injured. Like be grateful for the ability that you have. That's gonna change a lot. It might sound woo woo or whatever, but weight loss, there's a bigger picture. It's more than inches and pounds. It's you as an individual. You need to grow as a person. And when you grow as a person, a lot of things in life are going to improve, you know, personally, fitness and health, financially, your spouse, finding your spouse, like all those things are interconnected together. I'm going to leave it right there because I could keep going. This is episode 266, I believe. And a lot of my solo episodes have been more about the bigger picture. And, you know, when I first started in the industry, I was just like, this is what you got to do. This is how you're going to be successful. Eat clean, sleep, work out, do all that stuff. But as we all know, there's more to it than just do this and you'll get this in uh, outcome. And yeah, there is a lot of people out there that do really well on that, right? So like, for example, me, in two months when I was in high school, I dropped 60 pounds because I literally read everything there was that I could get my hands on about fitness and health. And it all kind of said the same thing of make sure you sleep a lot, eat a lot of veggies, eat a lot of good lean protein, and work out a ton and I did that right off the bat like literally the next day did that seven days a week and boom there you go it happens people see success doing that but the 99% out there that haven't seen that success because like everyone knows diets work everyone knows that exercise works but a lot of people can't stick to it so for the longest time, I've been really challenging myself to figure out what the fuck is going on with people like that. What's, what's holding them back? And I said this in my last episode with Jen about this topic of happiness. Think about that. When you're happy, you have all the motivation in the world to continue going on. An example is, you know, someone, because I have a newfound love for Harry Potter, if someone really enjoyed the Harry Potter series and they picked up a book and they started reading and they're like, holy shit, this book is giving me fulfillment. I feel happy while reading it. You better believe that that person is probably going to read that book every single day until it's done or be one of those crazies that end up reading it in one day because it gave them fulfillment and happiness in here. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, why can't fitness produce the same feeling? Why can't getting healthy be about fulfillment and happiness? Now I really, really get this idea. I really, really understand it. So I started asking myself, what am I doing differently with my in-person and online clients that have been with me forever? I make it an enjoyable experience. That's my job. I try to make fitness and health not feel like a chore or a punishment 
similar to my other solo episode about fitness is not a punishment, into something that is fulfilling. You know, I have several clients that have been with me for eight years. And, you know, I want to, I would like to think it's because of my awesome, charming personality, but it's most likely due to how I structure the hour, how I converse with the person, how I set out simple goals, see them achieve, and it becomes part of their life. They get fulfillment out of it. Like, I don't think I've ever had a client, like I don't remember the last time I had a client where they weren't looking forward to their workout, you know? And this comes back to this idea of happiness. I want to challenge everyone out there who's struggling right now to find a piece of health or fitness in their life that gives them happiness. So an example is, you know, for me, I enjoy going to the gym to challenge my body. I enjoy going to the gym where I've created a goal and I, every time I show up, I'm getting closer to that goal. And a good example that happened recently was hitting my 300 pound deadlift. You know, I had a year and a half that, or even two years that I set that goal out and there was a lot of ups and downs, but I knew that if I kept showing up, I was going to get there. And when I got there, I filmed it. I felt awesome. And I was like, holy shit, sky's the limit. I can't wait to get back. So that was my example. Another example is, I've had people in the past where they trained with me and it wasn't their thing. And I always told myself, you know what? Not everyone's gonna like what I like. Not everyone's gonna like the whole gym idea, but maybe there's something else out there that promotes their you know, happiness when it comes to fitness and health. And there's one person in particular that I trained probably six years ago. Um, she just wanted to have fun. And I remember having a conversation with her and she's like, would you ever like incorporate like Zumba movements in my warm up? And I'm like, mm, well, it's not really my thing. And I don't see myself doing Zumba movements and then you following along with me because that's that just, that's just not my jam. And I told her like I train a little bit differently than that. And she also, she saw the benefit of training, but it's just, it wasn't, you know, it didn't give her that happiness, that fulfillment. So I didn't want to fail her. So what I did was I looked around, asked around, and found a great Zumba instructor. And one day she came in and I was like, you know what? As much as I want you to keep seeing me, I know that you probably won't be successful long term if you continue seeing me because you're going to get to a point where you're like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to quit. And I was like, my major goal is to make sure you don't quit fitness and health ever. So I referred her to a Zumba instructor locally and she ended up killing it. She goes every single, almost every single day to Zumba classes and she loves it. You know? Yeah. She could probably get stronger lifting heavy shit or do some more mobility stuff to help her shoulder, but she's finding fulfillment and happiness from just doing Zumba and it's good for her health. She's moving and she's not sitting on her couch and not doing anything. 
And another good example, and I changed this way of thinking probably four years ago when CrossFit got so popular, like so popular. I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. People are getting injured. It's unsafe. But the amazing thing that CrossFit does is they build such a strong community and it attracts people to go. And I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, like an example is that at my clinic, we have a lot of CrossFit patients and they're all the same to the point where it's almost like a family and they would never ever leave their families. They have such support for one another. They hang out outside the gym. They do everything together. They are like bonded and they get so much happiness and fulfillment from showing up in their box and doing the wad and whatever. Like that's an amazing thing. Find a fitness thing, a health thing that brings fulfillment and happiness inside you because that's gonna be the best motivation ever. You following a 30 day cleanse diet bullshit, whatever you found online because your friend did this ketogenic hybrid of a diet and lost a bunch of weight and you think they found their happiness, Fuck that. Don't do that. That's not going to like help you long term. I want people to change their lives that when they're 60, 70, 80, 90, they're still putting around doing some sort of form of exercise because it brings them happiness. That's the ultimate goal. That's success. <sighs> We're going to stop it right there because I'm over my time of 10 minutes. I'm gonna try to keep this under 10 minutes. Oh boy, here we go. So, what I wanna talk about, self-awareness. I probably spoke on this topic a year ago, probably around a year ago, and it's worth bringing up again because a lot of times I think why so many people struggle and fail, not only at fitness and health, but for anything in life, you know, I'm working with a handful of online clients and every time I start with a new client in person or online, they all have this like huge motivation to like finally get their health in order and see success and they have it all figured out. They can't wait to start. And when it's actually go time, things fall apart. And I've seen this happen over and over and over again. And you probably have seen it as a coach and you probably have experienced it as a person trying to get their health in check. And I always wondered like, why, why is this happening? Why does this always happen to people that, you know, get this high coming up here to like change their lifestyle completely by going to the gym, eating better, cooking, whatever it is. And then out of nowhere, just fizzle out after like two days because of X, Y, and Z. And to be honest, I think it's the self-awareness piece. If you think about it, like if you are not self-aware enough to understand what you're taking on, you're going to fail right off the bat. If you truly take a moment to step back and reflect and really evaluate your life, then that's when you can see success. And this goes back to like simple planning. You know, when you want to save money, 
you don't go, oh yeah, I'm so excited to save money because in a year I can like save an extra 10 grand and then that's it. No, you know that you have to go into your banking, select a thing where it automatically takes out $300, whatever it is, and it will just automatically happen. But there was some sort of planning to it. There was an action step that had to be taken in order for you to save money because you had to go online, select an option and authorize payments to be taken out of your account into your savings every single week or month or whatever you want to do. It's just like fitness and health. If you don't take that extra step to make it happen, it's just wishful thinking. You know, if you don't take that extra step of taking that money out every month, then you're just hoping for the best that, you know, as you go through your busy life, you're going to be like, oh yeah, let me get on my phone and transfer some money to my savings. No, that doesn't happen. In this day and age, everything has to be so quick and we almost have to like not think it just has to happen automatically. So when it comes to fitness and health, you need to plan it out. You need to create an action plan. And when you do that, you start realizing, holy shit, maybe I don't have time to do this. How do I rearrange my priorities? So one thing I learned early on in my career that I feel is like the key to my success is planning my entire year, my entire year. So every October, which is coming up really quick, and I'm gonna be doing this with my wife for the first time because she has some big, big goals that she wants to achieve, and I told her this is gonna be perfect. You need to sit down and create like a brainstorming session of everything you wanna accomplish in this next year of 2020. And I always tell people, think of the stuff that, you know, if money was an issue, time wasn't an issue, or any kind of thing holding you back, what would it be? Start writing those things down and then actually like reverse engineer it and see if you can actually do it. You know, say you want to save $10,000 in this next year. How does that look like in a, in a year? How does that look like per quarter, per month, per week, per day? And then what you do is, you know, simple math. Okay, I want to save 10 grand. So you divide that by you know, a quarter. Okay, well, that's how much you need to have in one quarter of the month. How much is that per month? You calculate that, and I think 10,000 divided by 12 is 833 and something, something cents. Um, and then what is that per month, and what is that per week, and what is that per day? And take an actual physical planner for the year and write that in. So then every day or every week where you get a payment taken out and put into your account, you can check off that that happened. And then every time you check off every week, every month, every quarter, and now it's 2021, you're like, holy shit, I have 10 grand in my bank account. All because you planned it out, wrote it down, and started being a little bit more self-aware in the situation that you're in. So what about fitness and health? Say you have a goal of losing 20 pounds. How does that look like in a year? Well, you need to exercise more, you need to eat better. How do we put those things in tangible, you know, reverse engineering process? All right, so you probably need to commit yourself to like three days a week of training, for example, um, meal prepping, and then doing it. 
So on your calendar, every quarter, every month, every week, every day, you start checking it off and seeing if you're doing it. And that keeps you accountable, which is another huge piece in this whole puzzle. You have a, a booklet that is going to keep you accountable. Every little check mark is one step closer. And before you know it, the more checks you get off each box of working out and eating better, in 2021, after a year, you're like, holy shit, I lost 20 pounds, I look amazing. But, for example, let's play devil's advocate, you start planning your year in October and you have this goal of 20 pounds and you're writing all these goals and now you're writing in your planner and you're seeing like how busy your day is with work, with birthdays, with kid activities, with whatever hobbies you're in and all that bullshit. Maybe working out three days a week is not gonna work out for you. Maybe it's only one. Maybe it's time to take a step back and maybe reshuffle your priority list. Maybe having an extra hour to exercise a day compared to binge watching whatever show it is you're watching right now would be a huge change. You know, when you start writing things down and reevaluating what your day looks like, what your week looks like, really puts things in perspective then you have that awareness of like shit no wonder I've never been successful at this fitness and health thing my calendar doesn't allow me to do it I literally wake up at 5 a.m get to work at 6 pick up the kids at this time go to home to do this and I have to do that and now the kids are asleep and now it's 10 30 so maybe it's time to reset priorities if you didn't do the small little exercise that takes maybe an hour on the weekend for yourself, which is the most important person in your life, and it should be, um, now you understand why you've been failing. You've been throwing on an extra thing that doesn't even fit into your life. So maybe being realistic because you are a mother of three kids that need your attention and you're trying to build your business at the same time and you're barely getting five hours of sleep in, it might not be realistic with your goal. Set realistic expectations, but you need to be self-aware enough to know what you're capable of. Maybe when you start planning out your goals and you see that every night you spend three hours watching TV, damn, we found a huge opportunity where we can fit in your fitness and health. <sighs> Self-awareness, people, it is huge. Writing things down is huge. Grabbing a physical piece of paper with a pen that fits in your hand that's not your phone can do some powerful things. You just got to take that little extra effort you got to take that little extra effort that most people don't want to do that's what separates from failure and success you know make 2020 a year of success and not another year of failure when it comes to fitness and health and let's change your life all right that's it for me you guys thank you for listening to me ramble on you guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you guys. 